And our scripture reading this afternoon comes to us from Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, but we'll begin reading in chapter 5 and verse 15. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 15. Hear now the word of the Lord. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as a church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, and that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and and mother, which is a first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as bond-servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you, masters, do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. This far, we'll 
our reading for this afternoon. And I'll also read from our, the Heidelberg Catechism as we continue our studies in the Heidelberg Catechism. You can find it on page 75 in the back of the Psalter. Page 75 in the back of the Psalter in Lord's Day 39. Lord, say 39, we have question 104, asks, What does God require in the fifth commandment? And the answer is that I show all honor, love, and fidelity to my father and mother, and all in authority over me, and submit myself to their good instruction and correction with due obedience, and also patiently bear with their weaknesses and infirmities, since it pleases God to govern us by their hand. Children, Ephesians 6 here says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Do you think that's an important commandment, children? Do you think it's something we need to listen to? Is it a big sin if we don't obey our parents? In the Old Testament, God shows that he took disobedience to, his par- to, the, to their parents so seriously that he said children who curse their father or mother had to be killed. It was a death penalty in the Old Testament for, tra- for disobeying, for disrespecting their parents. See, in Leviticus 19, verse 2, God said to his people Israel, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And the very next thing he said to them was this, Every one of you shall revere your parents, revere his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths. So the very first thing that God calls in them to do in connection with being holy as God is holy is to tell the children to respect their parents and to keep the Sabbath. That is how important God sees this command that he gives. Now the last three Sundays we we looked at the importance of the Lord's Day in various sermons, and that was the fourth commandment. Today we begin looking at this, the fifth commandment. And that says, honor your father and your mother. So that is our theme for this afternoon, honor your father and your mother. And so to help us understand a little what this commandment is saying, we need to understand what some of these words mean. Now it says honor. What does honor mean, children? Well, if we... If we think, if we look at the, the Hebrew meaning of this word, it means, honor means to hold in high esteem or to respect. And the Hebrew sense of this word, it really means heavy. It means heavy. And an example I heard another pastor use, and he said, you might say to somebody, you don't show me an ounce of respect. Now, an ounce is not very much, is it? It doesn't, it's very light. And it means you're not giving me any respect. 
But if you really like somebody, really respect someone, you, you might say, I have a ton of respect for that person. Now, a ton is heavy. So you can see that the word has a the sense of heaviness, of weight to it. So a lot of respect is very heavy. So children, we must have a ton of respect for our mother and our father. That's what God is saying here. And he quoted here in Ephesians 6 verse 2, he's quoting Exodus 20 when he gave the commandments, when he said, Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. But also here in the New Testament, they used Greek. And in Greek, this word honor shows value or worth. Now, if you are an employer and you have an employee working for you, you might say, well, that person is worth his weight in gold. Right? There's a worth. There's a value to that. Now, children, your parents are worth more than all the gold in this world. Your parents are worth more than anything else in this life. And so God is telling us we must show our parents the greatest honor and respect to our parents in the world. And so why is it so important that we honor our parents? We can see the fifth commandment here we've come to now. It's, it's, it's almost like a hinge, a connection. Remember, there's two tables of the law. We just finished looking at the first four commandments on the first table. And those deal with love to God. It's a vertical relationship. Our relationship to God. Love to God above all. And now the second table of the law is more a horizontal. Love to our neighbor. And it's almost like the fifth commandment connects those two. The horizontal and the vertical. And we cannot have the one without the other. If that connection is broken, then everything seems to fall apart. Because if we do not have love to our parents or to our neighbors, we do not have a ton of respect to our parents, how can we say that we love God or have respect for God? So it all begins here, children. It all begins here. Because this is where we first learn to love. Here's where we learn to love our parents and our siblings and our grandparents. This is where we are taught about who God is, about what is right and what is wrong, and what it means to love our neighbor. And this is where we learn to obey. This is where we learn the difference between obedience and disobedience, right and wrong. And how we show honor to our parents will also teach you how to honor and obey everyone who is in authority over us, whether that's in school, whether that's in church, whether that's in the workforce, or the police officers, or the government. Because if we rebel against the very first people that God has put in authority over us, if we rebel against our parents, how will we ever show respect and honor to anyone else in this world? And so it begins in the home. And what we learn in the home, children, flows out into the rest of our lives. 
And so by placing the fifth commandment here, right, at, right after the first table of the law and beginning the second, God is showing the importance that He is placing on the family in the whole structure, the whole order of the world. And obedience to all the other commandments, to God and to our neighbor, begins with a proper respect and obedience for your parents, for the parents in the homes. And that also includes not only your biological parents, but it could also be adoptive parents or foster parents or step-parents. And we have to respect those whom God has placed in authority over us. We have to give them a ton of respect. And then we can ask, well, what does this commandment all include? What's the scope? Is it just our parents? Because I'd already said it it extends to the other authorities in this world. Well, the basic principle that it is giving is that it teaches us that we must honor all in authority over us. Because God created this authority structure. He's the one who created all the powers in the world, all the authorities in the world. And here he teaches us how to use them. And we see that at the very bottom, at the foundation level, at the very learning and the training stage, we find a family. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and your mother. So here's your lesson, children. They're your first... And your most important responsibility in your life, children, is to learn to honor and obey your parents. These are your building blocks in the tower of your life. This is the foundation. You know that if your tower doesn't have a good foundation, it's going to fall over. It won't stand. And so it begins in the home and it extends to all the levels of authority in the world. And when we look at the world, we can see four basic categories of where this authority is found. One we mentioned already in the home. The second basic structure that God has given is the church. We see the office bearers over the people. But then we also see the workforce. We have employers over employees. And then fourthly, we have the government in the civil matters of the nation. And God has given each of these their own areas, and they have to stay within their own areas, their own responsibilities. When the government tries to muddle with what happens inside of a church or inside of a family, then problems will arise. God never designed the government to have the power to run a church or a family. And so we can see that this, this, this commandment it covers all authority in this world. And at the heart of that commandment is that reverence to our parents, that foundation block to reverence God. And so we need to see where this comes from. We need to see that this authority has been given by God. Because if we don't honor God, we're not going to honor our parents. And if we don't honor our parents, we show that we're not honoring God. And so, in our culture, we can see that there's a direct connection. And we can see it in our own hearts as well, can't we? 
that there's a connection between forsaking God and the breakdown of family. We can see what's happening in our own culture. There's a loss of respect for government. There's a loss of respect for the police. There's a loss of respect for the law enforcement or for people's property or for people's lives or people's bodies. There's a loss of respect for the elderly. And there's a loss of respect even for the unborn babies. And the reason is because they have begun to reject or they do reject God. Homes no longer teach that same respect they, sh- they, they used to. They don't have that foundation built on God and that's flowing into our society. And Romans 1 really shows how this, this chaos and its anarchy comes because of forsaking God. When they reject God, it says they, they worship the creature instead of the creator. In, in Romans 1.25, it says it leads to various sins of homosexuality, of perversion, every kind of wickedness. In verse 29, it lists a whole number of sins. There's sexual immorality, there's covetousness, envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, gossiping, slandering, God-haters, proud. And then the interesting thing is right in the middle of all that, it says disobedience to parents. Another example is 2 Timothy 3 verse 2 where Paul says that in the last days people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters and proud and blasphemers. And then he says, disobedient to parents and unholy. How serious is this command? All of society depends on this. Do you remember at the beginning I said that God said, be holy, and then he said, obey your parents. Here in in 2 Timothy, he said they're disobedient to parents and unholy. Without this foundation, society spirals into chaos and anarchy. But, because of the importance of this command, because it's the foundation of our society, God also has placed a big promise, a special promise to it. Ephesians 6 verse 2 says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So here is a blessing and a promise. And it is, a, it is a great blessing if you can see your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren even. even. And that's a, God says that here is a, a result of obedience to this command. We also have to understand that, that this is talking about the principle of the command in general. Because we also know that there are godly children who have obeyed their, their parents and yet have been taken out of this life at a young age. And we know that there's wicked people who live to an old age and you wonder why why are they not being punished but so this is more of a of a general principle for society if children learn to obey their parents and they learn to respect others at a young age they will also respect authority throughout their life and function well in society So here we can see the foundation that God also provides for continued faithfulness 
throughout generations. And God's design is to ensure that the community of faith continues strong and faithful. Now, how will you, as a church community, survive in this world that is seeking to destroy you and the biblical views of family and even of, of, of male and female, even as they destroy themselves as they do it? How will we survive? Well, the fifth commandment has the promise of survival built into it. This means that we must teach this diligently to our children. Train them to fight the good fight of faith. Because life is not so much about how, much, how well we'll be educated or how well off we'll be in this world. Because that was even one of the sins mentioned earlier, lovers of money. But the, the question is how will they survive in this world to remain unspotted, from this world? How will your children go through this life and enter eternity with a living faith in Jesus Christ? Because this culture knows the importance of training children. They are children, training your children through social media, through TV and internet, and they can reach them even here in church. They openly say a public school is being used to destroy Christianity and to teach humanism. You see the government's trying to be the parents promoting daycare so to take the children away from the parents at a young age so they can teach them. And if you leave the teaching of your children to the electronic babysitters or to the government programs, don't be surprised if they forsake God in the future. Because that's exactly what these programs are designed to make them do. Behind the world is Satan, the father of lies, with all his deceitful tactics to draw people away from God. He is after the souls of your children. But here, dear congregation, is the promise of God for the community of faith that does not forsake God but trains up the child in the way that he should go, because when they are old, they will not depart from it, so that it will go well with them in this earth. And that leads us then to the responsibility of parents. The duty of children is to honor and to obey their parents. But Ephesians 6 verse 4 shows this command is connected with the responsibility of the parents to instruct our children in Bible doctrine and living. And it says, And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And Ephesians 6, 4 here shows that the responsibility falls directly on the shoulders of especially the father. The father is the head and representative of the family. We are to lead the family in the training of God's word. It's not primarily the responsibility of the schools or the church or the youth groups or the Sunday school. Those are necessary and helpful, but the responsibility really lies in the family. Because if the parents, if the parents do not monitor and enforce what the children are, a learn in Sunday school, for example, 
then the children will not want to learn, most likely, and their work goes straight into the garbage. So we must be diligent to follow up with our children what they learn in different places, such as youth group or, or school, and use this as a tool to speak with them and to further their understanding and training in the home. And we need to consider how much are we teaching our children compared to how much the world is teaching them. Have you ever made two, two charts? Count up how often you, you read the Bible or, or pray with your children or study with them. And then count up the hours they spend on social media. Which one wins? And the church only has one or two hours a week with you. But God has placed us as parents in such a unique position that we can train our children daily with our words and actions from morning till evening. God has placed you there because you are in that unique position to know your child. You, you know how they learn. You know how they live. You know what they need. You know where they obey and where they disobey. And this is why it's so important for us to spend time with our, our children. That we must be intimately connected with the hearts of our children. And I speak to myself as I speak to you because I have to learn this as well. I'm right in the middle of it now. And this is why God tells us in Deuteronomy 6, You shall teach them diligently to your children. And talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You see, God's intention is for us to teach our children from, from the early morning till the late evenings, all day long, the whole day. Ephesians 6.4 says, bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. God has given the church here the preaching to teach His Word. We are, the church is there to help one another. We can seek advice from, from others who have gone through it or are going through it. We can seek help from office bearers. We have many resources available in the library uh, to help parents. God has given us so much. Remember a few weeks ago, we, we read from the Song of Solomon, follow in the footsteps of the flock. Follow in the ways that God has led his people in the past. And fathers in particular are made the prophet, the priest, and the king in the home, in the family. Called to rule and to provide for the household. Now this doesn't exclude the mother in any of these things, but she can do many of those things and is often does even. Spends more time with the children than the father does. And the parents must work together. The parents must support one another. There is no inequality here. There must never be any division between two parents. Otherwise, it will, not be able, it will not be possible to teach the children because then it will create a division in the family as well. But God has placed an extra responsibility on the father especially to care for the wife and for the children. And so fathers must especially be busy in prayer and intercession for his wife and for his children at the throne of grace. And it also warns us as fathers in Ephesians 6, 4, do not provoke your children to wrath. 
It means we need to be honest. We need to be honorable. If we are to be honored, we must earn that respect also by our actions and not lose it by our, by our sins. We must be reasonable and loving in our, in our discipline. And fathers have that special role of discipline in the family because often mothers can, can find those limits where she comes to an end of her ability, even uh, physical, to, to give discipline or to train the child. But God has given the father more authority. But it must never be done out of anger. And that's why sometimes the mothers have to say, you just wait till father comes home. Because then they know they are in for correction. And then in verse 4 it says, training. Bring them up in the training. And so this has to do with the behavior of the children, with the morals, with the, with the will of the child. To raise them in the discipline of the Lord. To shape the will of the child through teaching and correction. And we confess that we all have a fallen will. We can see that with the very youngest child. You can see how they want to do their own will. And they don't want to listen to their parents. But if they do not want to obey, that is a sin. And it must be punished. It must be corrected. Proverbs 19, verse 18 says, Chasten your son while there is hope. Proverbs 29, 17, Correct your son and he shall give you rest. There must be correction, discipline for sin. But then it also says, Bring them up in a training and admonition of the Lord. And this admonition, it refers to the instruction of the mind. Informing the young minds about what is right, about what is wrong, about God through His Word and the doctrines of Scripture. Because in order for us to live out the Bible, we need to know the Bible. Our children need to know what we believe and what they must believe and what it is that we must believe. And so there is many helps for this as well. Different Bible doctrine books, different catechisms that we can use in the home uh, that we can read with our children and and study with our children. But that brings us now to the children again. What is this command then teaching you, children? You must honor your father and mother. Right? Honor your father and your mother. So we must honor them. We must give them a ton of respect, we said earlier. And so that, how does that look maybe in life? It means we have to speak about them respectfully, speak to them respectfully, never speak disrespectfully about them when they're not around or if you're with your friends. It also means simply that children must look into the eyes of their parents when their parents are speaking to them. Because if you don't want to look into the eyes of your parents, that's usually not a good sign. Children, why do you not want to look into your parents' eyes? Is it because you know you've done something wrong, you don't dare look? Or is it because you don't want to listen to them? And you just want to go and do your own way anyway, so you you hope they're 
quickly done talking so you can continue. See, so you must look into the eyes of your parents to show that you're listening, to show that you're willing to listen and obey. And so as parents, we also must teach our children the importance of looking at us in the eyes when we speak. This helps us to know that they're listening, that they can understand, and it's a way to teach them respect and submission. But then secondly, children, you must not only honor your parents, show them a ton of respect, but you must obey them. And obedience, children, is when they ask you to do something, when they tell you to do something, you must do it immediately, you must do it completely, and you must do it with a willing heart. Because if your mother says, go clean the table, and you do it right away, and you do it all the way, but you're mumbling and grumbling the whole time that you don't want to do it, that means you're disobeying. And even if you got the job done, you never did it obediently, and that is sin. You must obey with a willing heart. Real obedience comes out of the heart. Even if you don't like what your parents tell you, even if you don't understand what your parents are telling you at the time, we must listen. We must submit to our parents because you're submitting to God. And this is important. Because if your parents tell you to do something, you may not always know why it's important. But for example, if you're, if you're walking or running, you, your dad says stop, you have to listen even though you don't know why he said stop. Because imagine if you were running straight to a highway and there's cars coming and you would run onto the highway. And if you didn't listen to him, you would get, could get hit by a vehicle. And so you listen to him, even though you don't know why he told you to stop. And that's why we are called to obey our parents, to submit to their instruction. And that's just one small example. There's many other ways that we might not, as children, understand why our parents are telling us to do something at this time. But there's a good reason. But there's only one exception. If our parents tell us to do something when we are supposed to disobey them, and that's when they ask us, tell us to do something against God's word. But even then, we can still honor them and respect them. And the same is true for all in authority over us. For example, the government. We must still honor and respect our government, even if we have to obey God rather than them. If they, if they contradict God's word. And we can see an example of this children in, in Babylon where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told to bow down to the idol of Nebuchadnezzar and they could not because they had to honor God. But they still respected the king by telling him that they had to serve God, by telling him that, and, and calling him and talking to him respectfully and honorably. But they also had to face the consequences of obeying God rather than man. But God sustained them. And this also means, children, that you need to know your Bible. You need to know what God's Word says. But then thirdly, we have to honor our parents, we have to obey our parents, but we must love our parents. The heart of every commandment is love. Love to our neighbor starts with love to our parents. And you think that should be easy because there's no one in the world 
that we love more than our family. That's where God has placed us. That's where He's built these, these bonds of love. And these bonds of love will be especially important when we come to the, to, to the more difficult years of, of teens and young adults where there's so many questions and you, you, want to, you may want to hide from your parents and seek questions and answers everywhere, anywhere, but the, that place is found in the home. This is where you can communicate with your parents. This is why God has placed them there. You need your parents and your parents need you. And so parents, your children need your time. They don't need your stuff, but they need time to talk. They need time to listen, you to listen to them. They need time to play with together, to work together, and to study God's Word together. And so young people, don't hide from your parents in your room, and don't hide yourself in social media, but God has given you your parents for a special reason. And they're training. This is meant to train you to be adults. And so, we can think of how this might extend further into our life as we grow older. And we think of our elderly parents. And we can see in this world how this commandment is broken when people neglect their elderly parents and leave it up to their own retirement funds or their own retirement homes to care for them. Where they are neglected Because most cultures place a very high value on their parents, on their elderly. But in North America, we see that is eroding. And and they even suggest euthanasia to offer them instead of care, to, to help them out of this world, so to speak. But the Scripture calls us to care for our parents. And what a blessing it is just to spend with elderly people. You need them, children, and, and they need you. It's, you can see the faces light up in care homes when young people are able to come and speak to them and, and sing to them. It, just, it fills them with joy. And so we need each other. This is what the family and community is about. And so in conclusion, we can see the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our example. The Lord Jesus obeyed his parents. He was subject, submissive to them. And Jesus grew in favor with God and man, it says in Luke 2. God the Father himself said that he was well pleased with the Lord Jesus who loved and obeyed his Father. But Jesus is more than an example for us children. He We are fallen, sinful human beings. And when we as parents look at how we have done, of how we have failed even in parenting, we do not teach our children perfectly. We we do not spend the time with them that they need and deserve. So often we can be selfish and short with them, impatient. We see our shortcomings. And children, you too. You can see how far short we follow this command, that you, you don't obey your parents perfectly, do you? But does that ever grieve you? Does it ever make you sad when you know that you can't and you don't obey your parents perfectly? Does it even make you angry sometimes when, when, you, when you know you can't do the things that they've asked you to do? 
God commands us to obey. And yet we know that it's impossible to do that perfectly. How can God command us to do that? Well, it's because God has created us to do that. God created Adam and Eve perfect and able and willing to obey, but they sinned. But God has also sent the Lord Jesus Christ. He did obey perfectly, but then He also died on the cross. As we heard this morning, He came to suffer and to die for disobedient children. And that is why the Lord Jesus now can say to you children, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. He can forgive your sins. He can give you the Holy Spirit to give you a willing heart, an obedient heart, a submissive heart. And so Christ is our only hope in this world that is seeking to destroy the very foundations of society and of family, trying to remove the whole authority structure to remove even the names of father and mother. We know that our help was in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth and who made the family structure. And he is the one who tells us, parents, teach your children. Bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And this God is the one who says, children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So that it will be well with you in the earth. And so the only way to rebuild and strengthen this society in which we live is from the foundation up, the foundation of God's word, the foundation of family structure. Teach them to respect the authority. Teach them to know God. And here's where Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, that evil men will grow worse and worse. That, worse and worse. That's expected in the world, and that's what we see. That'll continue. But Paul tells Timothy, but you must continue in the things which you have learned, that from, a child, that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Learn the Bible, children. Teach the Bible, parents. This is the answer to the sin problem and disobedience in our own hearts in this world. To know God and to do His commandments. This is the only word that is able to save our soul through Jesus Christ. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Amen.